Welcome to the Dilf Podcast, as in Dad, I'd Like to Friend. I'm your host, Kevin Selden, and this is a raw and honest exploration of parenting from the often underestimated perspective of a dad. You know, we've been labeled a parenting podcast, but in honesty, although we sometimes talk about the issues and questions that revolve around life with kids, this podcast focuses more on the life of a human who happens to be a parent and a friend and a lover and a son or daughter and a partner and how to balance all of those things while attempting to be the best version of ourselves. And with Father's Day approaching, I felt like this was the perfect opportunity to reflect and ask ourselves one very important and timely question. Is it possible for each of us to use quarantine to become better versions of ourselves? And that's exactly what we'll be exploring today. Like many of you, I too have been on the emotional roller coaster of quarantine. And in honesty, I really don't know the answer. I, I don't know if we can find the strength within us to use this opportunity to become better. But I think that it's an intriguing question to ask. And throughout the next half hour, approximately, I intend to go through a brief overview of the five aspects that I believe make up a happy, fulfilled life. I call it my happiness checklist. And it consists of, number one, support network. Number two, love. Number three, passion. Number four, health. And number five, fun. Now, at the end of the day, these are theories. Uh, It's actually a theory I came up with in my 20s. I feel like Although many feel the 20s are such an exploratory and wasted time period, not wasted because we're learning so much about ourselves and we're learning so much about the world, but a lot of people think that people in their 20s are so lost. I actually feel like I was more together in my 20s in certain ways because I had the time to play and... um Fun was not something I needed to have on my list. I used to split up passion and money uh, as two separate categories. And when I hit my 30s, I thought I would really like to be passionate about things I'm doing to make money. So I'm going to merge those two. And I realized that fun became something that was not as much of a priority and actually needed to go on the list as a reminder for something that I needed to actively pursue. But I feel like in my 20s, I had this this energy for life and uh, this passion for self-improvement that I know is not common amongst all people in their 20s, but I think you'd be surprised how many people actually have it, especially in today's generation. And I had the time to uh, work on self-improvement. And that's when I first came up with this kind of theory um, and, and I think that the order I mentioned them in is very important. 
uh, and we'll delve into that in just a few minutes. But I think that without a strong support network, you are left without the confidence and security to actually let down your guard in a way that's necessary to form true connections and love. And without that connection and love, it's very hard to find passion in life, let alone find passion in the work you do uh, to make money. And without passion, it's we can often become quite lethargic. And without that energy in our lives, we find ourselves on the couch, not eating healthy. Um, We find ourselves not working out, not taking care of ourselves physically or mentally. And when we are lethargic, oftentimes that is not an energy that goes hand in hand with fun. So as you could see, um, all five kind of stem back to the first origin of support network, which is where we'll begin. For me, this story starts about a year ago. See, I began this podcast, as many of you know who who have listened to the podcast from the beginning, when I had my first child, my only child as of now. It took us around five years to get pregnant, and it was a very trying and lonely process. And when we finally learned that we were pregnant, I thought that it would be some kind of cathartic moment. And unfortunately, I never really gave myself a chance to celebrate because we immediately went into um, crisis mode. My wife was uh, pregnant, which was exciting, but she was also very high risk. And we just, I, my focus was on making sure uh, she and the baby were safe. And I never took the time to think about my feelings. Uh, no one asked me about my feelings. The conversation was always about uh, my wife or the baby. And through that five-year period where we were uh, working to get pregnant, I truly eliminated and pushed away a lot of my support network. I just felt like it was completely on me, but a lot of my close friends had children during that time and slowly but surely didn't know what to say to me, knowing that we wanted a child and, and were struggling. And I alienated myself. Uh, So we were in this in-between phase. And we often joked that we were like singles looking for dates, except we were a couple looking for other couples to hang with. But there's very few people that you find in that in-between phase. And we, we made a wonderful group of friends who were couples during that time period. But slowly but surely, five years is a long time. Many of those couples that we met started to get pregnant. And um, without a support network, I really began to go in my head and really began to uh, feel lonely and lost. And once I had my son and decided to take an extended paternity leave, once my wife went back to work, uh, although it was a very hard decision and a struggle with work to take an extended period of time off, it was 
an amazing experience and put the weight on me to step up and truly learn how to be a dad. I had wanted it for so long, but that doesn't mean that I knew how to do it. And even though I was very cocky throughout my life, wanting to be a dad, thinking it would be very natural, um, my wife did have more fears than me throughout the process. And she worried about a connection with our child. And yet when the child was born, they just had this natural connection that I don't think all dads have. You know, the baby did not grow in my belly. The baby doesn't know my smell um, or my voice as much. And that may not be the case for everyone, but I tend to believe that dads have to work a little harder to form that connection in the beginning. So having that time during that extended paternity leave was an amazing thing to put the weight on my shoulders and forcing me to step up and really make that connection. Though as amazing as it was, it was also extremely lonely. You know, men do not have the kind of support network that that women have. We don't have the infrastructure uh, of of places to go and meet other dads. And that further alienated me from forming a strong support network. Uh, In episode four, I do talk to the first dad friend I made, and that was an amazing revelation for me and how important it was to have another dad friend, especially with a kid the same age. But when you have a kid under one, it's a confusing process and it's hard to find activities you can do where you can meet other dads. I mean, it's always hard to find other dads, but particularly with a kid under one. And when that friend went back to work, I was left again, back to square one, going to classes and trying to do groups where many of the moms ignored me. And uh, I know part of that was on me not being vulnerable enough to reveal how much I needed support. But it was truly vindicating when I decided to begin a podcast. It took quite a few months to get it launched. Even though I came up with the concept a year ago, I had to figure out how to deal with work-life balance, how to get the energy with a young child to start a side project. And when it finally launched at the beginning of the year, it was wonderful to see how many dads felt the same way. And how many dads were actually stepping up on the home front while the partners went back to work. And although it was very vindicating, it made me think about how amazingly helpful and different the pregnancy would have been if I had a strong support network when I first learned that we were pregnant. Because I believe that many of the problems Um, with society's views on dads, begins there. I think that because doctors don't really include dads often in part of the conversation, um, because society really only talks to the moms, no one asks the dads how they're feeling, especially when there are miscarriages or tragedies. I'm shocked, uh, and I talked about this in a previous episode, someone asked us to talk to another couple who had lost a child And no one thought to ask the dad how he was doing. It was just basically talk to the couple, but really be a resource for the mom. And and the dad, when when it finally came to to having a conversation, the dad didn't even know 
how he was feeling because he hadn't really asked himself because there was no room given for him to be able to explore his own feelings. And I think that's something that is a problem in our world. And the weight is on all of us, as much on men as it is on women, because we all have to realize that in this era of equal rights, as we push for women to have an equal place in the workforce, as they rightfully should, we also have to fight and and raise our voices for men to have an equal place in the home as caregivers and be seen as equals. And I, I feel like when I launched the Dad Truth campaign, uh, which began in episode two of this podcast, uh, the Dad Truth campaign being a request to dads to formulate vulnerable statements about their experience with, with fatherhood thus far, and then post them on social media along with a picture uh, with their child in order to not only uh, show other dads that they weren't alone, but also showcase how similar moms and dads are in many ways. And as much as there were many personal emails uh, expressing a, a, a love for the campaign, I was very disheartened at how few dads actually felt comfortable doing it. Um, so they were fans of it, but they didn't necessarily do it themselves. And I think that men felt uncomfortable being that vulnerable publicly because of the lack of support network that that many dads experience. And I think that stems to the lack of space that men feel in general to express feelings. You know, granted, I'm I'm very old fashioned. Um, as as young as I am, I have always preferred calls to text. I I know that for me, connection is extremely important. And that's why that five-year struggle to get pregnant was that much harder because I pushed away a support network. And I, I feel that support network is the base to everything. It's what makes us feel safe and secure and able to let down our guard and to tackle new things. And there's a lot of things to tackle in today's world, especially right now. And that's why I think the process to attempting to become better parents, better humans throughout this quarantine, and at least make something good out of all this chaos, is to build our support network. And to keep the support network we have strong by checking in on our loved ones, by being available, because we can make the time if we want to. And I'm not talking about group Zoom calls. I'm talking about one-on-ones or couples chatting with other couples on FaceTime or even going for a walk, a social distanced walk. I feel like we can make the time to do that when our kids go to bed or during a nap time. And, and I feel like it is crucial to be there for each other and to keep conversations going because it brings us to the number two important piece, which I feel like can't exist without a strong support network. Number two, as I mentioned earlier, is love. And I feel like if you don't feel safe and secure, which is something that often comes from a support network, then we're left with two options. We either look inward, and we begin to go into our heads, and that alienates us from our 
partners and from our kids. Or we tend to become very intense and just spill our emotions onto those closest to us, being our partners or our kids, which is a little too much for anyone, one person to handle. And also, not only is it nice if it's balanced amongst a support network, but it just puts a lot of weight that doesn't allow for connection and for love to shine through. And that's not saying you can't rely on your partner as we all should. And for me, my partner is my best friend. But at the same time, she has her own life and her only her own things to deal with. And I feel like if I have something I want to talk about that involves her, sometimes it's not best to go to her. Sometimes it's best to talk to a support network to calm down and, uh, and discuss the situation. Or with regards to our kids, you know, sometimes it's just nice to get an alternate perspective. And, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of Uh, since this episode is a lot about reflection, is our explorations of co-parenting throughout this podcast. In episodes three and seven, I invited on my wife, and we really discussed um, some of the issues that we were having in our marriage. And acknowledging those issues was extremely cathartic for each of us and truly an impetus to make some changes. And that's why I started this podcast. It wasn't to say I know better than anyone. And it was not to say this is the end-all be-all. It was to open up a conversation about parenting, which doesn't just involve your relationship with your kids. I think that involves taking care of yourself. It involves mental health. It involves your relationship with your partner. There are so many different aspects that go into being a solid parent, in my personal opinion. And it it revealed to me how crucial our need for connection truly is. You know, you'd think that being in quarantine would bring families organically together. We're all locked in the same house. But with all of the technological distractions of the modern world, I feel like it's easier than ever before to be locked up in a house and never truly connect. So in our family, we had to make the choice And I've discussed this with a number of my guests to put away our phones, to turn off technologies, to make date nights a priority with my wife, to have quality time, sometimes over quantity. I feel like one of the biggest struggles that many of us as parents have faced during quarantine has been work-life balance. And I completely understand that it is not possible for any of us, to be with our kids 100% of the time with the work responsibilities that are still on our plate. Even those who are stay-at-home parents need a break from time to time during quarantine. And, And I get that. But my suggestion, or rather my challenge to each and every one of you, is to attempt Uh, maybe even a half hour a week where you put your phone away and spend some quality time with your kids. And at the end of the day, if you could do more than that, that's great. But quality time where the phone is, is not present and it's not three hours with the phone next to you in case someone calls, even a half hour is so much 
more than two hours with your phone sitting next to you as you slowly check it back and forth and are not fully present. It's the only chance that we all have at actually making a connection with our kids during these crazy times. It's saying, you know what, I can take a half hour, and if someone calls, a half hour is not going to you know, make or break anything. And that's not the case for every job in the world, but for many of us it is. And when we eliminate those crutches, we can allow for some real connection. And for me, um, this is starting to lift my own spirits. I feel this conversation because I tried to do episode 10 uh, last night and I recorded an episode and it was very depressing. And I feel like there was no way I was going to convince myself that I could better myself by the end of quarantine. But I, I, I talked about it this morning with a few friends after recording that episode. And through discussing this topic with my support network, I was able to lift my spirits, have a great conversation with my partner, and feel more invigorated and inspired to uh, have this conversation in this episode. So proven theory that brought about a passion in the work that I'm doing, uh, which case in point is number three. You know, I think that support network is crucial to helping us to connect with our most dearest loved ones. And that connection is crucial to finding our passion. And, you know, being inspired to find that passion in our lives is one of the only ways that we can then find passion through our work. And for many of us, that is an important thing to uh, be paid to do things that we're passionate about. But there are many, many people in the world who are in situations where responsibilities are on their shoulders and they have to find jobs that aren't necessarily uh, something that they are the most passionate about. And I don't think that that is the worst thing in the world. I have definitely done jobs in my life that I have not been uh, extremely excited about. I believe that sometimes you have to do things for the money to survive, and that's okay. But I think the way to balance that is to then find hobbies or side projects that you are passionate about because you can't just be a robot going through the motions and doing these jobs for money and never finding ways to discover and ignite your passion. I think that slowly but surely that kills a part of, of you and breaks a piece inside of you. And when that happens, we move to number four. Uh, it's very hard to get the energy needed to take care of yourself, both mentally and physically. You know, with passion often comes energy. And the desire to live a healthy life. I think the question becomes, if I have no passion in my life, then am I in a place to sit and meditate or be inspired to work out? No, oftentimes I'm lethargic and I want to sit and I don't want to eat healthy. I want to eat sugar and I want to sit and, and Netflix uh, and I want to do nothing, which you can't often do with a kid, which makes you then resentful of the kid and just creates this um, negative energy in your body and in the home. And that is not an energy that leads to number five, the last piece of the puzzle, fun. As I stated earlier, fun didn't used to be on this list for me. I split up money and passion. 
uh, because I felt like they were money is an important piece. Without money, it, it, it is hard to find happiness because of the strains and stresses of the world. And I thought passion was important. But when I got into my 30s, I thought, you know, I would like to find a way to merge these two, which left the open space for fun, which was lacking in my life. Uh, throughout my 30s, it has been a choice to find fun. It has not been something that has naturally come always. I oftentimes have to find ways to bring the fun. But, you know, if I can't find the time to let loose and laugh out loud with my loved ones, then I don't know what it's all about at the end of the day. And that's why I think that fun is such a crucial aspect to living a happier life. So there you have it. Those are, those are the five pieces that, for me, I think bring about a happy life. Uh, support network, love, passion and money, number four being health, and number five being fun. You know, in my life, quarantine has tested many things, <laughs> but three of the biggest things it's tested are balance, perspective, and gratitude. And I feel like the key to finding balance, perspective, and gratitude is also support network. I mean, sometimes just a simple conversation with a friend can help give that, that small break that's necessary to rebalance ourselves. And a support network, we all know, is crucial to give a different perspective and help us see things from a different angle, which is something we so often need in life as parents. And lastly, but most importantly, it's extremely hard to appreciate what you have and live in any sense of gratitude without perspective and balance. I mean, it is the beginning of everything. It is the base, in my opinion, to uh, finding a way to push through things like quarantine and to live a happy and successful life. I don't think I realized it until I did that um, draft depressing episode <laughs> last night that I um, will not be releasing. And I feel like through that episode, I realized of all the things that needed to happen, the biggest thing was rebuilding my support network. And I feel like since it's so hard for dads to find a support network, it makes so much sense that that so many dads struggle with depression and with not having the energy to live a balanced life and be extremely present in the home and passionate about their work and taking care of their health. I mean, everyone deals with that. But this is a podcast specifically targeting dads. And I hope that moms can relate to a lot of the things we're saying. But one of the goals of this podcast is to build out that support network. So I think there's no more crucial time than now to talk about this. Uh, and the importance of support network. And I, I would love to hear all of your comments on this and uh, ways that you found to build support networks. Um, you can look us up on Instagram at Dilf Podcast, and we would love you to DM us or write a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode. But the most important thing to remember is that with everything we're going through right now, this too shall pass. And if we can find ways 
to be better versions of ourselves now, then we're set when we get to some form of normality again, whatever that is. I feel like the, the least we can do is have some structure in place to live happier lives as better humans and better parents. And remember that at the end of the day, I think that the most important thing is that none of this can happen overnight. Change never happens overnight. And it's all about baby steps. Even just the smallest step forward each day in each of the categories mentioned can make a huge difference. Uh, I try to do little baby steps in each of these categories. If I can find a way to have a good conversation with a friend that uh, can give me the energy and spirit to have a, a loving conversation with my wife, a hug, an uh, intimate moment, and, and that can inspire passion for me to dive into some work stuff and really attempt to give my all and my heart to something that I'm working on or a hobby or passion that I'm working on, which then invigorates me to take the time for myself and think about my mental and physical health and crave some, some healthy food, crave some type of a workout, and then at the end of the day, feeling good about myself, both mentally and physically, I'm more inspired and excited to seek out fun, uh, which is a wonderful thing with a kid, uh, to find those special moments, to laugh and dance out loud and celebrate life. And I, I know that it's not easy. Trust me, I have been uh, up and down throughout this quarantine, in and out of, of feeling immensely depressed. Uh, I feel like we all are having a lot of highs and lows, but I hope that this can be a very small roadmap to lifting your spirits as it has started to lift mine. Because I can say this, when we began this journey at the beginning of the episode, I posed the question, can we use quarantine to become better versions of ourselves? And I questioned if that was possible. And now by the end of the episode, I have convinced myself that it is in fact possible and it begins with support network. So I hope that I have at least taken a baby step in starting to convince you as well. And uh, I look forward to continuing this conversation with our guests throughout the next couple months and hopefully hearing from many of you. Because you should know, for those of you that have reached out, it, it has meant a lot. And it has been the basis for a lot of this theory in the fact that this podcast and its audience is beginning to form a very strong support network. And, uh, and it's a beautiful thing. And I hope it continues. So I wish you luck. I wish you balance, perspective, gratitude. And I look forward to finding ways to be a better version of myself and articulating those experiences with each and every one of you. Thank you for listening. <laughs>